right, this is from Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. <sighs> all right, God, we're just here, God, we're ready, we're ready to seek your face, God, and to just experience all that you have for us tonight, God. God, I pray that we could just throw everything aside that has happened today and this past week, Father God, and to just really soak up your presence in, just to really get an awesome encounter from you tonight, God. God, we just thank you, God, just for having this place to worship you, God, and to freely just be here, God, in your presence, God. And we just, we just pray, God, on behalf of all these students here tonight, God, that you can just meet us here tonight, God, no matter what has happened today, God that you could just take all those things away, God, that we can realize how much you love us here tonight, God. In your name we pray, amen. Why don't you stand up?
Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible.
Love that draws me in, and all my eyes want to see is a glimpse of you. All I need is you. All I need is you, Lord. Is you, Lord. All I need is you. All I need is you, Lord, it's you, Lord. One more day and it's not the same, your spirit calls my heart to sing. I'm drawn to the voice of my Savior once again. Where would my soul be without your Son? He gave his life to save the earth. Or rest in the thought that is watching over me And all I need is you 
of time talking about what what gets us excited. And I was sitting in my office today, just you know, just praying and asking God, God, I, I just want you to be the thing that excites me. And you know, I came across this verse. It says, "When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him?" And the message says it this way. As I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars, mountain in their settings, then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? And that's the truth of it. Why? Why? God is so great and we are so so small, but yet knowing that the God is that big loves us, man, it got me excited and I couldn't wait to be here and worship. You guys, we're going to go into a time of prayer. You can you can sit, you can stand, you can come up to the front, you can do whatever you want. We're just going to go ahead and seek God's face. God, we come before you tonight and we're so thankful, Father, that you are such a great, big God, yet you care for us and that excites us. God, I just pray for this ministry. God, as we just begin to kick off the second half of the year, God, just a couple days, we're going to be opening up on Fridays. We're going to be opening our doors to the community, and you uniquely placed us and positioned us in a place of influence to speak to the lives of hundreds of students. God, I pray that you would minister to us, that we would be ready. God, I pray that when those doors open, they would come into this place, and that those students would sense just uh, an overwhelming uh, peace and, and love. God, I pray that our students open, uh, welcome them with open arms and are excited. God, that, that's something that excites them, that lost people excite us. God, we were excited by your love, but we're also excited to give that love back. God, we're going to be talking about things like, like anger and d- depression and unforgiveness, God, and I pray that, that you're speaking now to those students. God, I pray for a harvest. God, on that evening as we present the gospel. God, I pray that every one of us would be excited for that. We would look forward to that. God, we wouldn't be stuck in a rut of of our relationship with you. We'd be so in love with you that we're able to pour out our love to other people. God, tonight as we continue in this Go Big series, God, it's not an idea for, for just a few it's not an idea for, for frontline students or the students that are more spiritual than others, God. It's this idea that you have for us. This idea of your love is big. I pray that we would grasp it. I pray that you would anoint Aaron as, as he speaks tonight. God, that uh, the, the, the words out of his mouth, the words out of his lips would be straight from your scripture, straight from your spirit as he's spent diligent time preparing in prayer, ready to speak to us, God. God, I pray for open hearts to listen. Pray this this go big idea marks our student ministry. It's not just another sermon series, God. God, you, you are what excites us. God, we love you and we praise you. And we ask us all this in your name. Amen. You guys may be seated. Good evening. It's a good-looking group out there. How many of this, you guys, this is your very first time here at Elm? I see some new faces. 
can go ahead and raise your hands. It's not too weird. One, maybe I'm not a good youth pastor. Maybe I haven't seen you guys. Well, welcome. I got a few announcements for you guys as we kind of uh, transition to, to Aaron's teaching. I want to go over a couple things that are coming up really fast that are really important. So go ahead and throw them up on the screen, Matt. The first one. Uh, is Element uh, Friday nights are back, like I said, and, uh, just in prayer. Man, I'm just so excited for uh, that time. In just uh, two days, we're going to be welcoming all those kids back. We averaged uh, like 470 in the past month, and so there's just been a ton of kids coming through our doors. And we're doing this, uh, you, you, this series in January. is called, you know, the creative team came up with Element Fighting Championship because all the games are about fighting and stuff. And so we put that in line, and there were a couple of responses that people, kids were going nuts. And I think they might think that we're actually going to do like a UFC type thing. And that's not the case. So I don't want to disappoint anybody, but I didn't, I didn't really think that would happen. But as I listened to people's comments, they were like, oh my goodness, I'm definitely coming. But we're not going to build an octagon and let people beat the snot out of each other. I'm not saying that that's wrong and UFC is wrong, but we're just not going to do it. We're going to do stuff like sumo. We got this new game we've never done. We're going to we're going to uh, suspend a pipe that's like this big, about four foot off the ground, and hang it, and then you have to joust each other off. It's going to be pretty sweet. And we're going to be talking about uh, you know, things like anger and fighting and some of these issues that so many students deal with uh, on a regular basis. So I'm, I'm really excited for that series. You guys are going to want to miss Friday nights. Next, we have uh, Frontline. So if you are on Frontline, we are kind of had a little break in December, kind of Christmas time, and so we're back at it. It's uh, this upcoming Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Um, we're going to celebrate that together by meeting for Frontline, uh, 6.30 at the East House. If you're on Frontline, you already know where that is. If you don't, you're not on Frontline. It doesn't matter. Next one. Fringe, January 19th, my wife will be teaching this. This might be her last one teaching because she's pregnant. She's not here tonight. She's not feeling good. So if you have a chance, say a quick word of prayer for my wife. But that'll be the last one I believe she's teaching. It's the 19th, 7 o'clock at the former McDonald residence. If you are a girl, that is for you. And you need to be there, all right? One last announcement. This one's extremely important. This is the Wild Game Dinner. And I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this because what we've been doing for the past couple months has been saying, yo, wild game dinner, you got to do it. And hopefully, you know, you do it. And that's kind of the extent of what we've been doing. But I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this one. Wild game dinner is our biggest fundraiser of the year. Now, I know that you're saying, well, we don't even know what the summer trip is yet. So what do I need to fundraise for? There will be a summer trip. It will be amazing because we don't do things that aren't amazing. And let me, I mean, Aaron, Aaron, you've been planning with me. Is it going to be awesome? awesome. Probably top three that we've ever done. And it's going to be awesome. Me and Aaron would not plan something that isn't a 10. Okay. And so it's going to be a 10. It's going to cost you money. And so you need to do the wild game dinner. This is how the wild game dinner works. Because I think a lot of people don't really understand it. But what it is, is a bunch of men come and eat a lot of meat. Okay. That's not how you raise money. The way you raise money is by coming to serve these men and, and going to serve them food. If you do that and also get a donation, you will make in between $100 and $300. So there's two steps to this. You need to go get a donation because while these men come to eat, they also come to spend money on the stuff that you get. And some people uh, might say, well, I don't know what to get. So here's an example. 
You can go to Jet's Pizza, which is on 13 and Hayes right there. You go in and you, you pick up one of these packets for us. They have a letter that you can give to their manager. And you say, look, I'm a student. If you don't support me, you're a terrible person. Would you, I, I really want to go on this trip. And if you would donate a gift card to me, that would, you, you would save my life. And you have that chance to do that. And so you, you put the guilt trip on them. Guys, go with the girls because girls get way more donations than us guys. We, we just, guys don't, and the managers don't care. But if a pretty girl walks in, they're butter. I'm just telling you like it is. That's just been my experience. And so you go into a restaurant like that or go into a sports store or a Best Buy. You take these letters and you say, please donate to my cause. And don't get discouraged if they say no. You know, give them the letter anyway. They'll talk about it. They might give you a call. So you get that donation, you bring it into Kristen Sanders on a Wednesday or Sunday. If she's on here, you can give it to me. We'll take it over and we're going to have this, these tables set up of all these different things that people can bid on. You get your donation, you come and serve, you sign up to serve, um, and that's it. You make $100 to $300. I say that to say the, 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 the trip's going to cost a little bit of money and I don't want to hear people say, well, I can't afford it. Yes, you can afford it. If you do the fundraisers, you will make the money and you will be able to go on the trip and you'll have the time of your life. Sound good? So how many people are going to help me out and do the wild game there? Give me the, throw up your hand, do the courtesy. Like, make me feel good. All right, good. If you guys need packets, I have them. They're going to be over there after service. I'm going to be preaching that next week again. This is extremely important that you guys come out and support this fundraiser. So without further ado, I know that was a little bit longer in announcements than we usually do. I need you guys to give it up for Mr. Aaron Niff. Give it up. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be awkward. Oh, I didn't tuck it in my shirt, so I'm that's not, not so. Say, I'm not reaching that's, not, shirt, bro. that's not so bad. <laughs> All right. Got one more armor on me there. I think. Cool. There we go. We're good. All right. Anybody uh, after last week, go home and uh, get online and check out any of the Dude Perfect videos. Anybody check those out? Some sweet ones out there. Uh, more importantly, um, if you were here last week, can you finish this two-part phrase? Part one: I am God's. Come on, last week. I am God's, what is it? Plan A, and there is no plan B. Okay, you do remember it. Good, good, good. Last week we talked about getting excited, and we talked about what is it in our life that gets us excited, and the things that happen in everyday life, and the things that are in the big pictures of life. What is it that we are passionate about? What are we excited about? What is it that is important to us? And I heard Matt, as he was praying, or talking about his day today, you know, he said, God, I want it to be you that I'm excited about. And that can be God himself. That can be God's people. That can be God's creation. That can be a lot of different things that we get excited about. But I liked it when he said that. Um, so last week when we talked about the idea of going big in your relationship with God, we talked about finding out what you're passionate about, where your gifts lie, what do you like to do? What is it that makes you excited? Well, this is the first step in our series called Go Big, is to get excited. Because if you want to go big with anything, if you want to make anything big, if you want to make it excellent, if you want to make it passionate, it's got to be something that interests you. It's got to be something that's worth something to you. And unfortunately, sometimes we get all these passions, we get all these excited. And I'm going to be honest with you, teenagers are famous for this. Getting so pumped about something, getting so excited about something, and they have all these grand ideas, and then it just goes... And nothing ever comes out of it. And so I want to talk tonight about the next step after uh, get excited, which is to own it. Because as we talk about our faith tonight and going big and our faith with God, you know, you can have all of the best laid plans in the world. You can have all the great ideas. 
You can have all of the excitement. You can have all of it. But if you don't do anything about it, it's worthless. It's really sad to say that because people have some awesome dreams. People have some really great things that they're excited about. But if they don't do anything about it, it's worthless. You know, it makes me think about, um, I've, heard, I've heard people say this, adults and teenagers, and they say, they're talking about their faith in God and how um, they care about other people and they want other people to know about God and, and uh, they want to, them to know that God loves them. And they say, you know what? I think that I'm just going to try to be a really good person. I think that I'm going to try to be nice. I'm going to smile all the time. And I think what's going to happen is that people are just going to walk up to me and go, man, what is it about you that you're smiling all the time and you look so happy? I bet it's God. Will you tell me about God? Has that ever happened to any of you? Didn't think so. (laughs) Didn't think so. Because if you just have this smiley, happy, like, oh, everything's a great attitude, people are probably going to actually think you're fake, if anything. And probably one of the last things they're going to begin to think about is who God is. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not supposed to live with joy. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to smile or anything like that. But it's not just about, you know, thinking about things and having ideas and, and, and having passion. But it is about living it out. The next step is to own it. You know, if you own something, you take complete responsibility for it. It is up to you. And that's when we come back to the whole idea of I'm God's plan A. And there is no plan B. Last week you saw a video by those dude perfect guys, um, the basketball video. And, you know, it was shot mostly in their backyard. And this was kind of at their, what they call their get excited phase. You know, they're like just hanging out with the guys, having fun. And they decide to start shooting some video of some of their shots. And, you know, there's a bunch of us here actually early. I don't know if that was a result of last week looking at that video. But everybody's chucking shots from half court and backwards and crazy stuff. And, you know, the guys mess around in their backyard. They even threw their hoop um, into the bed of their pickup and went down to the park, down the street and shot a couple of shots. But, you know, after that happened, they decided it was really time to, uh, well, to really go big. And instead of just getting excited about having fun and betting whether they could make this shot from the neighbor's yard for Jimmy John's, you know, like, hey, uh, buy me lunch if I make this shot from over here. They said, let's go really big. In fact, they said, let's try something that's never been done before. In fact, let's try something that's never even been tried before. Because in fact, it's not that crazy to try to do something that's never been done before. In fact, we do that all the time. You're like, wouldn't it be cool if somebody did this? They said, let's not just think of something that a bunch of people have tried and nobody's just quite made it yet. Let's just try something that people are too stupid to even try, but let's try it. And so they figured, okay, what, what can we do? What are we good at? Well, we're good at chucking basketballs at hoops in crazy ways and from faraway shots. And uh, these guys went to Texas A&M University which is actually um, in Texas. You know how like in Michigan, Michigan and Michigan State are like the big two colleges. In Texas, Texas is a huge state and there's like four or five colleges that are that big. So they are like a huge nationwide, um, you know, they're really good at sports. They're a powerhouse. If you live in Texas, tons of Texas A&M fans. They have a huge campus. And so they said, where can we go? And all the guys in the Dude Perfect group were students at Texas A&M at the time. They said, where can we go that we can think of the most just sick shot that nobody's ever even tried before. And so they, they put their heads together and they say, let's try a shot at the football stadium. And so they go down to the football stadium and they kind of scope it out. They've got a friend who works like, I don't know, he probably like washes the bathrooms or something. He gets the key, lets them in and they check it out and they're like, this is perfect. 
And so they begin to develop this plan. They literally begin to write it out. Like one of the guys said, somebody actually got on their computer and started to type out their plan. They got the phone calls into the university. They got the okay. They got, actually, there was like university staff that were there when they tried it. So they said, we want to be legit. We don't want this to be like, oh, guess what we did? They wanted to make it official. So they get down to Texas A&M's football stadium. And they start checking some shots from like the first level. It's like, I don't even know how far it is, but you know how football stadiums, most stadiums have like levels. Like if you go to a, a you know, Pistons game or a Lions game, there's like different levels. Well, they figure out that the first shot that the guy chucks goes like 30 yards over the top of the hoop. And so he's like, oh, we've got to back up. So they go up another level and a whole another level to the third level. And they establish, and you guys can cue this video up, their big shot. And this is the one where they said, we don't want to just have plans and have fun and try this. And so the Texas A&M logo, or their mascot, are called the Aggies. And so they come up with this shot. Welcome to Aggie Land. This is the world's longest basketball shot. Remember I said what? the guy who runs away oh every time you see him? So, here it is again from the other Big angle. Watch the curve. Oh! What the? What the? Look at you can barely see the guy from the top of the screen. What the? So it's pretty nuts. You know, it's just a short video, just one shot. And uh, they said they said it took them about thirty shots, which you're like thirty, but like, well, actually, that's insanely small amount. I mean, I could probably stay there for like six hours and shoot hundreds and hundreds of shots and, you know, make five or six, but, uh, you know, the plan of who even thinks to do that? But these guys didn't just get excited. They didn't just have this grandiose plan because you know, especially guys sit around on the couch and you think of like, oh, wouldn't it be sweet if we, or, oh, you know what we should do? But you know you never get off the couch. You know you just sit there and you talk about it. And, and, and the way guys work too, if one guy says something like that, you aren't even close to cool if you can think of one step better. Shoot, man and I still do this. Adult guys do this. And it doesn't matter what it's about. It can be like about a stick. You know, Matt and I can be walking down the street and I'll go, hey, Matt, I bet you can hit that mailbox from here with that stick. We've been known to pause for like a half hour on our way somewhere to chuck sticks at a mailbox or, you know, or we play stickball with literally a, a rock and a stick and who can hit the longest home run. That's just what guys do. But these guys didn't just leave it at that of, oh, wouldn't it be sweet if we chucked the shot off the top of the football stadium? They owned it. They made the plans. They left behind probably a lot of homework, probably a couple shifts at their job. And they said, this is what we love to do. This is what makes us passionate. This is what makes us excited. They had the great idea, but then they took the steps necessary to make it happen. They wanted to do something that no one had ever done before. Even better, they wanted to, they wanted to do somebody that nobody had ever even thought of trying and get it on the world. Um, World Wide Web a video that the whole world could see. And in fact, a little side note about that. Um, one of the guys who actually, uh, he was the only one who had a YouTube account at the time. So he was the one lucky enough to get to post it on YouTube. And um, he was flying somewhere. And uh, you know how you have to turn your phone off when you go on a plane? And those of you lucky enough to have lots of friends, when you turn your phone back on, for me to offer a while, you know that cool feeling of when you get, you're like, hey, I got 17 texts, and you even sometimes feel like, hey, look, I got lots of friends. You're like, I got lots of texts. I, I, 
I used to make fun of people, and then I did it once, and I'm like, oh, no, I've become the person that I make fun of. I tried to make it sound like, oh, I have to answer 20 texts. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've become that person that I used to make fun of. Well, either way, this guy, Corey, one of the guys in the Dude Perfect group, he said he was on his plane, and uh, when he turned his phone off, you know, when you, like, if you've been on a pr- plane recently since you've had a cell phone, and when you land and you turn it on... Um, all of the texts that have built up, all of the voicemails that have built up kind of just kind of drop into your phone within a very, very short amount of time. Well, he said he thought his phone was going to blow up. He said it was actually like, it was like starting to get warm from all the vibrating and stuff that was happening to it. He said he had a thousand texts and about 200 voicemails waiting for him just from like a two-hour plane flight. And he said he listened to the first one, and the first one was, and I'm not even going to try to sound like what the voicemail sounds like, but it basically was, dude, your video got two million hits in an hour. It is now on the front page of Yahoo. You know when you go into yahoo.com, and there's always the one front center picture, and it's like whatever is most awesome at that moment. And actually, I think you can scroll through like, what, five of them or seven of them or something like that. And then, like, as you begin to lose relevance because something even sweeter happens the next day and then, like, everybody forgets about it. But at that moment, their video was the one. And basically underneath it, it said something like, is this real? And, you know, the Dude Perfect guys always say, we love that people think our stuff's fake because if they believe it too easy, it can't be that sweet. I mean, it's got to be to the point to where you're looking at it going, no way can somebody actually do that. Man, I just... I just heard myself say those words. I, I hope somebody says it about me someday. That I'm a part of something so big. That I'm a part of something so influential that they say, wow, we didn't think there's any way anybody could do that. That's what excites me, to be a part of something like that. Well, either way, these guys get their video up there. And, you know... They had always talked about trying to get their videos to get like a thousand views because all their texts saying, them buddies, check them out. And, you know, and then it would get bigger and bigger. But two million views, they took it to the next level by not just dreaming about it, not just starting it off, you know, right out of the gate running fast, but they continued to pursue their dream. They did the work that it takes to own it. You know, there's a story in the Bible about another group of guys, probably about the same age as these guys, about 20 years old, that actually did the same thing. No, I don't mean chucked a shot off the top of a football stadium. But they took a risk to try something that they really had no idea whether it would ever pan out. They weren't really sure what was going to happen, what their future was going to hold. And their stories told in the book of Matthew. If you read the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a lot of people recognize those names. Um, guys that lived with Jesus and wrote about him. And this is a story that one of those guys wrote about some guys who knew Jesus... And they chose to follow him. So here it is. This is Matthew 4, 18 through 22. If you've got your Bibles with you, this is actually from the New Living Translation. So yours might be a couple different words, but same ideas. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of the Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come and follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. You know, one of the first times I ever read this, I guess 
as someone old enough to actually understand it, I think I probably heard the story when I was a little kid in Sunday school or something like that, but as I really begin to understand this phrase, I almost saw these guys as like these robot-like followers that are in this trance, and they're out like messing with their nets, and Jesus walks by, and they're just like... You know, they just start following him. Like, they don't know what's going on. Like, Jesus kind of went like, and then got him, you know, and they're like, oh, we have to follow Jesus. But that's not, that's not how it was because Jesus had been teaching around in that area for a while already. They'd heard about him. In fact, everybody had heard of him. Even though Jesus was telling people like, hey, you don't have to go tell everybody about me. The things that he was doing, the miracles that he was performing, the words that he was saying were so counter to everything they had heard about religion, about society, and about love. And so these guys heard him say, hey, come with us. Come with me. Follow me. And they left everything. Sometimes Jesus makes a simple request for us to follow him. And we don't do what they did. Sometimes it's in a small thing. That might be just something that you're doing throughout the day. Sometimes it might be like something he calls you to follow him on a life scale, like, like everything, maybe even bigger than you, on a scale that involves your whole school, maybe bigger than that, maybe one that involves your whole city, maybe it's global. Jesus calls us to follow him all the time. They didn't know exactly what they were going to experience with him, but they knew about him. Most of you are lucky enough to where, whether at Element or somewhere else, you've heard about who Jesus is. If you've been around here for any length of time, my hope is that you've clearly heard about him. And I know that we've preached him about who he is and what he did for you. And even more than that, that he calls you to follow him. It's more than just getting excited. I mean, I can, I can listen to Derek and Jake and these guys playing and and I can sing my worship to him and get excited. And then I can go home and go back to my regular day, everyday life. I can get excited, step one from last week. But if I don't own it, it's pretty much without value. If we know who Jesus is, that's enough. We don't necessarily know what's going to be coming or what's going to come our way. But just knowing him was enough to know to follow him. By making that decision to do something with our life, they begin a life that is an obvious example in our next step to own it. Just regular guys. In fact, most people say that the fishermen of that age are the guys who really couldn't do a whole lot else. (laughs) They said that kind of the fishermen and the shepherd were kind of like the guys who really didn't have a whole lot of other skills. You know, they couldn't, you know, necessarily work with a ton of tools. They weren't going to be like religious scholars. And they kind of like settled into that job. And it wasn't, I'm not saying that it wasn't a good job. The society at the time kind of, these are just the regular Joes. You know, working there, just kind of doing their thing. These are regular guys. But every person that's ever been created by God is, while the element says it, ordinary lives can become extraordinary lives once you begin to follow Christ. Every person ever created was created by God to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And these guys got it. When Jesus came along and said, hey, I know you're fishing for fish right now, and that's good. I mean, like everybody's got to eat, and you've got to have a job, and you've got to you know, pay for whatever. But because I want to make you fishers of men. I want to see you grab a hold of people 
and care for them and love on them and show them what it means to know God. What purpose could be bigger than that? Following Jesus. Last week, some of you guys had a card on your uh, chair when you came in. Some of you might still have it stuck in your Bible or in a notebook somewhere or something. And you started to write down some things that get you excited. And some of it was just regular everyday stuff. Like some of you are a member of a team or a band or a club or something that like you just love being a part of that group. Some of you guys have a talent that you just love to do that thing and it gets you excited. Some of you, it's a certain place or a certain group of people or, or just things about your life that get you excited. Some of you guys had some, in, some um, influence from your relationship with God, kind of found its way into those things that you're passionate about. Some of you even made those connections of like, you know, I just love the people on my team. They're really cool people. I love to hang out with them. I pray for them. You know, I want them to know who God is because he's changed my life and why would I not want him to change theirs? And you begin to make some of those connections. You know, Element has really had something over this last year that we have decided to not only get excited about, but we've decided to own. Most of you guys have seen see it on Matt's shirt right here. Most of you have heard our statement of 10,000 strong. Last fall, leaders at Element said, we want to, we want to influence 10,000 different students with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of who God is, how much he loves us, and what he's done for us. We want to invite people into our facilities on Wednesdays and Fridays. We want students to, to reach out to other students at their school, start prayer groups, just start talking to people about who God is. And we said, we want to influence 10,000 people. And you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've shared this with some of you before, but like, I'm a, I'm a numbers person. I like to see like some graphs and some numbers. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know how this happens. But I wasn't worried about that because I don't need to know how it happens. If God wants this to happen, only he knows how it's going to happen. Only he needs to know how it's going to happen. But you know, we didn't just get excited. Because if we just got excited about it, like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if there were 10,000 people that through Element Student Ministries, that they found out about who God was, that they heard it, whether it's on a Friday night or whether it was at some group at some high school here or there, some middle school here or there. If we just got excited and talked about how cool it would be, Man, what a letdown. We began to make some changes where we decided that we're going to own this vision. We're going to make it a priority. We're going to start to live our life differently. Many of you in this room remember back in September when we, and even August when we started talking about that. And I'll be honest with you, right now, it could bring two feelings into your heart right now. The first one might be kind of a re-excitement. Like, yeah. I remember that. I remember the, the pace at which we were going. I remember the excitement. Some of you guys, though, if you're honest with yourself, whether it's guilt or whether it's something you're like, I don't know, have I, have I really lived out? Have I owned it? Like I said, I wanted to. Have I made this a priority in my life? Have I really grabbed a hold of the things that are important in life? And have I just really let go of the things that are, you know, to be honest, kind of worthless in my life? Have I eliminated those things? As leaders at Element began to get the vision, we started to do things about it. People were inviting people all over the place. People were shouting it out in their hallways. People were handing out cards, shoving them in locker vents. 
people were talking to their friends about coming, relentlessly texting and Facebooking them, like, hey, you coming? I'll pick you up. Are you coming? Are you coming? People begin to do things about it. We begin to plan services and events that would give students a chance to hear the gospel. We even changed our Friday nights from like a real quick five-minute halftime of like, hey, let's play a three-minute game. Uh, thank everybody for coming. A uh, 30-second prayer. And then, all right, go play dodgeball. We changed it to we said, man, if we have this many people here, God is so important to us. In fact, he is everything to us. Then other people deserve to hear about him. Let's take a little while and let's spread this. We began to do something about it, to own it. Students started planning prayer meetings at their schools. We just didn't want to do the same old thing. We just didn't want to have events. Element has had a Wednesday night and a Friday night for like the last eight years. Seven years, something like that. We could probably just continue to open our doors on a Wednesday night, open our doors on a Friday night, and people would show up. It's fun. A lot of people come to hang out with their friends. If you ever check out um, our Facebook page, like there's just hundreds of kids. I don't even know who they are. You know, they're checking for pictures of themselves. They're asking when's the next time you guys are open, all kinds of stuff. The people are going to show up. We could probably like plan nothing and 500 people will show up. Like we don't even have to have anything cool. But we said that's just not enough for us to plan events. We want to do something that's going to impact our generation for Jesus Christ. We're willing to do whatever it takes to own it, to see our vision become a reality. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. God never promised that living his way would be easy. In fact, numerous times in the Bible he says, hey, this is actually going to be a lot harder than if you just live for yourself. Because if you live for yourself, it's all about me. I want to be comfortable. I want what I want. I want my stuff. My stuff is my stuff. But God says, if you live for me, it's probably going to be harder. It's probably going to be trouble. It's probably going to be times when you feel like giving up. But this is where the true followers show up. This is where the true disciples drop their nets, left their job, their livelihood, walked away from their own father, like the guys in that Bible passage. They said, I will get rid of everything else so that I can follow Christ. They answer the call that Jesus makes in their life. Many of you in this room have heard the call of God. You've heard it on your life. Maybe when you're a little kid, maybe in the last couple of weeks or a couple months, maybe years ago, but you felt it. Maybe it wasn't like some of the people in the Bible that hear this audible, out loud, hearable, with my ears, God voice. But maybe, without a doubt, you know, in your heart, in your head, you've heard God say, hey, follow me. We need to ask ourselves some questions, though. I'm sure you were excited, or at least, you know, this, that's a lot to think about when you begin to hear the voice of God, when you begin to know that you know that you know that, man, there's something bigger than me. There's something I've got to follow, something I want to be a part of. Maybe there's some of you in here tonight that have never heard it before. Maybe tonight, as you think about it, you're starting to think about some new things, and maybe you have some questions. Man, we would love to talk with you, talk to Matt or talk to me, talk to anyone. 
if you begin to wonder, what, what does it mean to hear God's voice? What does it mean to know that there's something bigger for me to be a part of something like that? Sometimes, as part of that call, God asks you to walk away from some other stuff. And it's good stuff. Sometimes there's things that are just in the way. Things that we love, things that are our affections that really don't hold a lot of worth. In fact, I've heard that phrase before, worthless affections. Things that we are a part of that, you know, we spend so much time doing them. Maybe for you, it's maybe, you know, a sports team. Maybe it's an after-school club or something that you're a part of all the time. Maybe you say, oh, I'm just so involved in this that I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to make it to church. I don't have time for God. You know, every fall season, I coach volleyball at a local high school. And uh, during that season, my life is just crazy. I go straight from my teaching job to high school and start practice. And, you know, practice nights, I'm home at like 6. Game nights, I'm home at like 9. It is a nuts season for me, like just crazy. Lasts for about three or four months at its, like, craziest. It's really hard to manage my time. It's hard to get to element. It was hard to set my time aside to, to read my Bible or pray when I was exhausted. But I knew that it was my priority. And if that stuff got in the way, it's gone. As much as I love coaching, as much as I love the sport, if it's in the way, it's got to go. Maybe for you it's not necessarily a sport or a club or anything like that. Maybe it's just screen time. You know, maybe you find yourself, whether it's, you know, TV, video games, Facebook, hours and hours just seem to fall away as you're staring at a screen. Uh, I, I, it's probably one of the worst feelings of my life. And I know you've been there, whether you're on Facebook or whatever you're on. And, you know, down on the right-hand corner, the clock, that is like the enemy. I hate that because you realize that you got on at like 10 o'clock and you look down at the clock in the corner and you're expecting to see like 10.55 and it says 1.30, and you're like, holy crap, I've been on for three and a half hours. Like, maybe not three and a half hours, but you know what I'm talking about. When you look at that clock and you're just ticked at yourself because you've been sitting and your right hand is cold because it hasn't moved in more than like this <laughs> in three hours, and you're like, why is my left hand warm and my right hand is cold? You're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. It's winter, it's cold. It's not as cold as it should be, but it's still cold. And you've been sitting there, and you realize, I just sat and really did nothing, something worthless for three hours. And I haven't talked to God today. I haven't done anything as a part of my faith. Tonight we're talking about this idea called own it. Own it. Make it be something that I am completely sold out to, that I make a plan for, that I know that this is what I want to do. And I would challenge you guys is, is, uh, we start swinging towards the end of the message tonight. Last week I asked you to start thinking about some things that, what excites you? What are you passionate about? What really matters to you? Well, if it is something you're really excited about, if it is something that you're really passionate about, if it is something that you say, you know what, this is, this is it. This is a big part of who I am. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to make an impact? For most of you, whether it's 
you know, schoolwork, sports, screen time, all these things that we talked about, these uh, things that can become distractions. They're all good things, but they can become distractions when it comes to our faith. We make time for those things. We don't always make that time for God. We'll show up on a Friday night at Element, hang out, play some dodgeball, sit in the arcade for a few minutes, you know, get in the dance party, huh. whatever we do on a Friday night. But the call of God in our life to live out your faith in a go big kind of way, sometimes it just kind of fades away. You know, even the, even the guys that are shooting hoops, you would think that like, how, you know, that's, they just love to do that. The dude perfect guys, that's, that's like what they do for fun is, you know, chuck basketballs. They, they even told the story about they had this one shot where there was this church in the, in the local city and it had this like awesome looking cross tower. It had like this like uh, castle tower thing that went up and then there was a cross on the top of the tower. And they said, um, they knew one of the pastors in the city and they said, hey, can we throw a shot off of your tower? And so they had to, like, they had to crawl up inside this tube-type castle turret. I think turret, is that the right word? Castle people? Yes? All right. You know, like the things in the corner that the, the guy with the bow sits on, you know, and scouts everything. Well, either way, it was hollow. And so they were expecting to, like, you know, climb up some steps and stand on the top and chuck it off. Well, it turned out that the top, like, 15 feet of it was hollow. So they had to get this giant extension ladder which was like 15 feet tall. And literally, even with the ladder, the dude had to stand on. You know how when you climb a ladder, they always say like, not only are you not allowed to stand on the top of the ladder, but you're not allowed to stand on this step or even this step. You're supposed to be like, you know, this far down so that the ladder never is um, below your waist. Well, the dude had to get on like the second from the last rung and he actually had to get like a, a carabiner clip, like on a harness, like when we did the climbing games. And so he's kind of like on the top of a ladder balancing and he's chucking these shots off this tower down to a hoop that was in the parking lot. And he started in the middle of the evening. In like seven hours, a couple hundred shots later, I don't even think they had hit the backboard yet. And they were ready to give up. Go ahead and cue that one up. Because, you know, compared to the football stadium shot, this one wasn't that extraordinary. It wasn't as far. It wasn't as This high. is the cross tower shot. Oh! Yes, yes! Yes! Cody! Yes! 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 And I realize as you watch, maybe as you watch a bunch of these, it gets less impressive because you're like, what is this song chucking off the football stadium? What's that? They'd been there for like seven hours, shot those hundreds of shots. He said, you don't know how many times we had meeting after meeting. I mean, over seven hours, that's a long time to have doubts. That's a long time to go, dude, we can't make that shot. This is impossible. And he said there was one point at like two o'clock in the morning. And they started at like dinner time. So this is like, like I said, like seven hours later. Two o'clock in the morning, they actually had the vote of like, go home or finish. And they said, it, it actually, there were like a bunch of guys there. Because whenever they do their shots, they always have these guys who are like um, assembly line uh, return guys. You know, like, so when he chucks it down from there, whenever he misses, one guy shags it and he chucks it to one guy. That guy takes it, you know, chucks it to another guy. One guy runs it up the step, all that stuff. So there's a bunch of guys there. They take a vote and it just barely wanted to stay. And I would love to say that like the very next shot, swish, oh, we made the right decision. He said it was still two hours later. 
at four o'clock that they made it. They said, that shot doesn't get a ton of views on the internet. The welcome to Aggie land, you know, top of the football stadium. He said that, you know, that gets all the views. He said, this one doesn't get a whole lot of views, but he said, we know what it took to make that shot. We know what we went through when it sucked. It was three o'clock in the morning. They'd been there for eight, nine hours. They were exhausted. They were frustrated. They were tired. You ever get there? (laughs) Maybe it's at three o'clock in the morning. You're tired. You're frustrated. You're exhausted. You begin to wonder, is it worth it? They chose to keep going, and the shot not only, you know, went on to, when I say it didn't get a lot of views, it's still, I don't even know, like 50,000 views or something like that. It was just, for them, it's not that much. It served a reminder to these guys to keep going, even when seeing things seemed hopeless, even when things were tough. As I shared with you guys a couple times, all the guys who make these videos, they're all followers of Jesus, and they said, man, this is transferred through to our spiritual lives, because there's times when, there's days when we just wonder, like, can I live for God? My life's just too busy. I got too much going on. I got, I got this. I got that. I don't, I don't know. And said so sometimes we think back to that shot. And, you know, they made these commitments. I mean, they got a lot of people out there to go make that shot. A lot of you guys have made some really big commitments to God in the past. In fact, as I look around the room, I, I can probably face-to-face look at about 20 of you and remember a conversation that I had with you face-to-face, one-on-one, where you said, this is what I want to do for God. This is what I want to see happen. This is what he's called me to do. And I'm excited about it. And you owned it. Maybe you're still in that process of like making it happen, of seeing God do this, of seeing the movement of God. Maybe it's something that's kind of begun to fade away. Only you know that. Maybe when you made that big commitment to God in the past, and you said, God, I'll follow you. God, I'm going to start a prayer group at my school. God, I want to spend 15 minutes praying to you every day. And now you're realizing, hmm, I haven't owned it. I haven't really followed through with the things that I committed to do. I'm not... (laughs) I'm not here to lay a guilt trip on you. I'm not even here to tell you what you should do. Only you know that. You talk with God, he'll let you know. But you know, it's not too late. Even, even if you're in your head feeling like, man, I just give up. Every time I have all these plans, I want to do all these great things, I want to do this for God, and it just it doesn't work out. What's so cool is that even when we give up, on him, you know what's coming next, right? Even when we give up on him, he doesn't give up on us. If he did, I'd be toast. Because there's times in my life when I have just really doubted, really wondered, is it worth it living the life that I'm living? Is it worth it making the decisions that I am for God? But what's so cool is that he never gives up on us. Right now, I really want you to think practically with me. When we talk about this series called Go Big, yeah, it's, just, it's about 
thinking about how can I go big in life, but it's not just about your dreams and not just about getting excited, this next step of own it, I really want you to start thinking right now, in the last probably, you know, five minutes or so tonight, I want you to start thinking about what do you think God wants you to do? We want to give you a chance to maybe express that a little bit and to tell some other people. And I want you to do that in two ways. Right now, as, as you're thinking, some of you have already got something kind of big in your head. Some of you are like maybe still processing it. You want to think it out a little bit more. But I want to give you two ways to do that. And you guys can start on that if you want to. Um, the first one is I want you to kind of get in your head this idea of what is it that I want to do? Maybe it was something about your daily life with God. And these guys are going to lay out some paper here. So if you're wondering what's going on, um, Maybe there's something to do that has to do with your daily walk with God. Maybe you're like, maybe you're just trying to figure this whole God thing out. Like, who is God? What does he want with me? How does this affect me on a daily basis? Maybe you're going to commit to say, you know what? I'm going to read my Bible for 10 minutes a day. Maybe you're somebody who's always said, well, I hear some people praying at Element. And I hear them pray out loud. And I never know what to pray. And so maybe your commitment is going to be, I want to see God. So I'm going to pray every day for five minutes or every day for 15 minutes. Maybe yours has something to do with your school. We have a lot of frontline students who their goal over this last year has been to reach out and care for the students that go to their school. They've said, you know what? Those people matter to me. And they're not projects for me. I'm not trying to fix them. But man, I... I care so much about those people at my school, and I know what God's done for me. Those people need to know it. If it's absolutely the best thing that's in my life, why would I not want to share it with them? Maybe yours has something to do with that. Maybe yours is something as simple as, I want to get my best friend to Element because it'd be awesome if they heard this stuff. Maybe yours is something a little bit bigger. Maybe you said, I want to go big. Maybe you would say, Okay, I'm a sophomore. I've got two years left of high school, two and a half. It's almost semester. Two and a half years left of high school. And by the time I graduate from my high school, who this is, I want to see 10 of my friends begin to follow Jesus Christ. And not just do the one-time little prayer thing, but like, I want them to see my experience of who God is. I want them to have their own experience of who God is. I want them to follow him on a daily basis. I don't know, maybe yours is something big like that. I've been reading this book about eliminating extreme poverty in the world. And the whole idea that there doesn't have to be people in poverty. A lot of people are just like, well, that's just the way it is. There's people like they live in the wrong place. They don't have good resources. They're going to be in poverty no matter what. No, there doesn't. They don't have to. There's things that we can do. Maybe yours, has a, maybe yours is a goal like that. Maybe you say, I've heard people talk about sponsoring a kid in a foreign country and changing their life. You gotta send them like 38 bucks a month. Some of you in this room do that. Some of you in this room do that for two kids or more. I wanna change someone's life by sponsoring somebody who lives in another country. Maybe that's your goal. I don't know. Well, I want to give you a chance to maybe put some, uh, some oomph behind that.
Because if you just think about it, and you just have an idea, and you just get excited, and you're like, yeah, this is what I want. Like, yeah, God's really big, and I should, like, I need to, I need to pray, and so I'm going to say five minutes a day. Yep, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. If you don't do anything about it tonight, if you don't tell someone tonight, if you don't, like, kind of put some uh, behind it, it's just going to fade out. So here's two things that I want you to be able to do tonight that I'm going to offer you a chance to do tonight. First one is I want you to tell somebody else about it. And uh, actually, uh, if you've got something in your head right now, I know this might be really weird, but if you've got something that you say, you know what, I want to go big. I've never regularly read my Bible. I've never regularly talked to my friends about who God is, and this is huge for me. I want to give you a chance to do something about it tonight. If you want to right now, I want you to pull out your cell phone. I want you to look through your address book. Find somebody that you know that you have the guts to tell them about your dream, your plan. During the next couple minutes, uh, I don't know, are, are any of the guys here? Maybe we could get a little bit of music over the next couple minutes. I want to give you a, a, a couple minutes to respond. Because if you just have an idea, and I'm not saying that by texting somebody, or most of you have guessed that we're also going to give you a chance to maybe write out some of your plans up here on these big rolls of paper, and there's a bunch of markers up here. I'm not saying that just because you hit send, and just because you pick up a marker, that it's automatically like, it's going to happen. But these are some little bitty steps that you can begin to take. And so, as Jake begins to play a little bit, Let's just spend some time talking to God. Let's just spend a little bit of time listening to God. I want you to think. If I'm going to go big, I've already thought about what's important to me, what excites me, how I want to live big for God. What are you going to do about it? So the next couple minutes, two chances to begin this journey. Feel free to wander up front here, kneel down, lay down next to the paper. You can sign it. You can leave it anonymous, whatever you want. It's not really for us. I don't know, sometimes there's just something about holding the pen in your hand. You write it down. Those of you writing diaries or journals, sometimes when you're done writing a page and you look back and you go, whoa, I didn't even know I was thinking about that. I didn't even know I felt that way. Sometimes there's just something about writing it down. Kind of makes it real. Makes it permanent. So those papers are going to be up here. You know, we always joke about like, ah, put your cell phones away during church. Tonight, it takes a lot of guts to text somebody else. Talk to them about, talk to them about God and about 
Some of you guys are like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm going to text one of my friends. They're going to think I'm stupid. They're going to think I'm nuts. They're going to judge me. They're going to wonder what in the world is she or he talking about. But when you tell somebody else, somebody else that you'll see probably tomorrow at school or some of your family, the next time they see you, you know what they're going to talk about. So what's up with that text? What are you talking about? Why'd you text me that? Two chances to respond tonight. Take one, take both. Text a friend. What are your goals? Write it out on the papers. But whatever you do, own it. Do something about it. Don't just sit on your hands and say, well, I'm a Christian, but I know, I know about God, and I'm just going to leave it as it is. Man, if you're going to go big, you can't just have a good idea. You can't just dream. You got to own it. You got to own it. plan A and there's no plan B if you don't do it who will if the kid who sits next to you in algebra doesn't hear about God from you who's going to tell him if you don't stick up for that kid that nobody else sticks up for Who's going to do it? If you don't feed that hungry kid in country, whatever, who's going to do it? Own it. God's called you to something bigger than who you are. You're made in His image. phone out, feel free to send that text. Anybody who's ready to come up right now, maybe you've got something that's like burning a hole in your mind or in your heart and you want to come up and write it. Maybe you need a minute. Let's do that right now. adults who are here <laughs> I know you're here because you love our students you're more than welcome to join us with this in fact I'd have it no other way
guys that have your phones out. A couple of you guys are smiling. Even a couple of people kind of chuckling to themselves, like <laughs> thinking about the person who's going to receive the text and how they might think it's weird or going to think you're weird. It's okay. for anybody that wants to come up and write up here even after I finish tonight the papers will still be here unless some of you guys are still thinking you know maybe maybe you didn't think about it this way but maybe your call or text or even just writing up there and somebody else sees it out of the corner of their eye you never know what your words can do to encourage somebody else You never know what kind of visions they might get. Maybe you send a simple text like, hey, this guy at church told me I should text somebody and I think I want to start reading my Bible. I can almost guarantee you that friend of yours that gets that text is going to be like, you know what? I've always heard people talk about the Bible or... I've got a Bible somewhere in my closet. Maybe I should start reading that too. You never know what your words might do for someone else. If that sounds cool to you, then I invite you to come back next week because as we've talked about going big, we've basically come up with the first two steps. Get excited. Tonight it was own it. And have a plan. Do something about it. Next week... Pastor Matt's going to speak and he's going to talk about inspiring others. I'm not called to do this alone. God calls us to do this together. Some of the people that I see in this room, I wouldn't want to live my life for God with anybody else, but some of you, but any of you. Like I said, these papers are going to be here for a while. Maybe even on your way out. (laughs) You want to wait until nobody's looking or whatever. They'll be here. 
really appreciate. I know I, I know I talked for quite a while tonight, but I think I think some of you are kind of at this point to where you want a little bit more. I'm just living it on the surface. So we're excited that you came tonight. We'd love to see you back on Friday when we're going to have our big events. Come hang out with a couple hundred of us. I don't know, maybe even some of the things you wrote about tonight, maybe some of that's going to show up on Friday. It has to do with other people, about living your life for God, about changes you want to make, things you want to see God do. Who knows? Just so you know, we're always here. We're here to give you resources to do this stuff. (laughs) The stuff that you want to do for God. What can we do to help you do that? What can Pastor Matt, what can the volunteers here do to make those things happen? We love you. Thanks for coming tonight. And I hope to see you on Friday. You are dismissed.